Not a sermon as such, not part of the series in the Psalms, not a state of the union either, just a few reflections, but a few reflections in the context of who we are. Ephesians chapter 1, as um, we read earlier, it seems to me is a, a wonderfully concise description of what it is we should be about here in Fitzroy. And what I've said throughout the service to this, to this point is this, that if you read that passage again that Roberta read for us, Christ appears regularly in it as the center of all that we're doing. We're maturing in the faith. Christ gives those uh, gifts that we need to have. Christ is the head. Christ is what church is about. And then around Christ comes the body of Christ. The different gifts that we have, sharing honestly with each other, growing into maturity together. This is what we do on a Sunday morning, as I would think about it, our family meal time. Do you know families aren't just families when they're um, together, they're families when they're in all different kinds of places. But um, it's good to have that one meal in the day when the whole family gets around the table and you get a chance to share together. That's how I see uh, Sunday worship in the church family. We're all uh, involved in this. I, I suppose if, um, uh, I'd, I'd stretch it, wouldn't I, to convince you that I was an introvert. But I have lots of the traits of an introvert. So I'll have no problems getting up now and speaking to you in this kind of group. But you will notice if you're watching in Fitzroy and other kinds of settings, I'll find it very hard to um, enter into, engage, etc. I have introverted uh, tendencies, which probably come out of the fact that I'm an only child and therefore had an awful lot of time on my own. And um, who are these 250 people who are going to squeeze in and take up some of that room and time uh, in my life? It's part of it, I think. So I was reading a, a, a wonderful article by Donald Miller, um, American Christian writer, just a, a couple of weeks ago, and it made incredible sense to me. Um, now, he was, he was, I don't know Donald personally, but I didn't imagine he was a, a, an incredible introvert, but um, he was pretty convincing here. He was going as far as to say, if somebody invites you out for a meal and there's no reason for it, just say no. Why would you? Now, that's coming from an introverted perspective, and I understand it to a point. I understand it to a point. What he would explain in that article is this, that if you're with people who rest in company, who get a night off and they want a dinner party to sit and to talk and to, they're resting while you, the introvert, are running on the spot at the table to keep up with the energy because you're introverted and you really don't want to be involved in this very much at all. Because your rest doesn't come in the company of others. Your rest comes very much when you get time alone. I relate to that. We relate to that as both only children, four in our house. That's a bit freaky, to be perfectly honest. So for me, I guess, if I was looking for spiritual solace and you asked me I could go anywhere, I would be in the beach at Ballycastle on my own or more likely with Janice and Odie 
and we would be walking down that shoreline and Rathlin's out there and the Fairhead's there and on a very good day Scotland's there and the golf course is up here and the beach is here and this is the most incredibly beautiful place in my whole world and it's me and God alone. And wouldn't it be great if that's how God designed it for me to do church? But he didn't. Nor would it be useful to me. Because never in the whole time, 17 years we've been in Ballycastle, that I've walked down that beach, has Rathlin disagreed with me once? Or has the fair head jumped out and got in my way in any kind of way that caused me to have to use any of the fruit of the Spirit? It's the reason that God has this idea of church. It's a bit like marriage, you know. I remember not long after getting married saying, marriage, it's an avenue of God's discipline, tree-lined with great joy. Because when you come together in that relationship, something's got to give. You've got to learn how to live. And yet it's tree-lined with joy. Rachel Held Evans has just written a book I don't want to download it in Kindle for some reason. It's not out in hard copy in the UK for another month. But it's about her generation, that lost generation, the 30, 40-something, 20, 30, early 40-something generation, finding church again. So it's the search for Sunday and the search for church. And somewhere this week I found a quote from it that is this. The church is God saying, I am throwing a banquet. And all these messed up, mismatched people are invited. Here, have some wine. The church is God saying, I am throwing a banquet. And all these messed up, mismatched people are invited. Here, have some wine. Church is where we come together, messed up and mismatched. And we're coming together, messed up and mismatched. The Holy Spirit gets the opportunity to bring the fruit of the Spirit into play, and as our reading this morning talked about, the gifts of the Spirit into play, so that we might grow and mature in the faith, and more and more like the Jesus who is central to who we are. I would suggest to you, and I may be wrong, but I'm reasonably sure in the experience I've had, and I was the youth development officer, and I've spoken in many churches in, uh, in Ireland, for, in, in Presbyterian churches in Ireland, this may be the most mismatched group of people that there is meeting today in Presbyterianism. In many places, people have come together because they agree the same thing, and they want the same worship, and they have exactly the same thoughts on absolutely everything, and they're just all so alike. And then look at us. Is there a Presbyterian among us? How do we look at baptism? How do we look at worship? How do we look at prayer? How do we look at the charismatic movement? How do we look at fundamentalism? How do we look at the scriptures? I'm looking out, guys, and you're as mismatched as there could possibly be. And that's why I'm so pleased to be right here. Because this, in many respects, represents what Jesus was all about in the first place. Getting a group of mismatched people together, not for uniformity's sake, but that we might become united in all these differences we have in him.
So be encouraged. Because I believe there's something special at the heart of this. The discipline of church life, tree-lined with some of the joys that we've just heard from those who've shared, which was uh, really quite moving. Then the other thing I want to suggest is that this is not about us. It's actually another quote from somewhere completely different from Rachel Held Evans' book. If the church does not care about people who are not us, that is not the church. If the church does not care about people who are not us, that is not the church. So every Sunday morning, if you're a visitor this morning, apologies to highlight you here, but every Sunday morning I'm thinking about the visitor among us. I'm thinking about the one who might come in who knows nothing about us, as much as I am the core of those of us who've been here for a lengthy time. And Food Bank, and Mornington, and IMP, and the stuff that Jonathan does through LORAG and the Holy Lands initiatives. This is us as a congregation caring for those who are not us. And if we stop caring for those who are not us, then we are not the church. And if these buildings that we're building are for not for those who are not us, then we should send the money back, knock it down, and just leave it. Because the church is not an alternative to the world. The church is a mission station to rescue a fallen, lost world. Yesterday I was speaking at Reality 316. It's a a fascinating thing. I'm going to send down to Spiritual Formation um, group from from Session. Uh, They do these courses in all kinds of Christian thought and apologetics and biblical stuff. And I was up talking about culture and the Gospel According to series, really. And, and I, I, as part of speaking about that, I brought out my, uh, the Nicholas Walterstorff stuff that was very influential to me during my master's, which was that Walterstorff believed that the, the Catholic Church, forgive me, Father Martin, if you're listening to this um, online, um, they believed in a bit of another worldly thing where it was very much vocational and, and uh, it wasn't about really the here and now. The Anabaptists, they wanted to set a commonwealth sort of side by side in the world, a bit like the Amish community, maybe show it in the purity. Whereas the Calvinists, they believed that God wanted to redeem everywhere. Uh, Walter Storff says, Original Calvinism represented a passionate desire to reshape the social world so that it would no longer be alienated from God. And that's what we're trying to do and be about, the particles of light that we are across the city. Somehow trying to be a community of people that can reshape the social world that we live in. The church does not, if the church does not care about people who are not us, then it is not the church. So centered in Christ, the gifts of Christ being used so that we might mature in honesty and truth, into that fullness of Christ, Ephesians 4. How are we doing? How are we doing in Fitzroy? How has the last year been? Well, I don't talk often about successes. I I far rather be a bit more self um, critical and uh, joke about myself rather than say some of the things that I think I've been encouraged with in ministry. But this last 10 days, and I don't think it was all thinking about um, the AGM. In fact, when you think about how I work out, when was I thinking about the AGM before this morning? But no, it was in my mind for sure. But some things happened in the last couple of weeks and I just went, you know, we need as a fellowship, or certainly I need as your minister, to just stop for a moment and go, oh, do you see what God's doing there? 
Last Monday, Father Martin and I found ourselves in the Lord Mayor's office. We'd been called in by the new Lord Mayor, Arthur Carson. And as we sat there and he was asking some of our advice about some of the spiritual things going on in the city and how he might tap into that and all that kind of stuff, I remember Alec Moore asking me a question at committee one night when we were thinking about these buildings and he said, What's going to be here in 10 years or 15 years' time? Why are we putting all this money into this? We don't even know what will be around us. And very quickly, because I needed to answer Alec, because when Alec asks a question, you do need to answer Alec quickly. I said, well, we don't know what will be around us, but we know one thing. The city hall will be there. There'll be a city center here. And if we're serious about being a witness for Christ in Belfast, then we need to be the church that's going to have a witness to the city hall and what goes on out from our city hall. And there's Martin and I being asked questions by the mayor about what Christ might do in the city. So... We are being heard. We are noticed. The very same day on Twitter, the mayor from two years ago puts up four photographs of the buildings going up in Fitzroy as he's walking past. Now, he had a little bit of a joke in it. He said new buildings in what he called his favorite church. And the rumor is that there's a spa on the roof and a billiards room for Steve Stockman. I did assure him that if the funding came, we would consider that. But again, we're being noticed. When we did our survey a number of years ago in my time, people said we were just the church in the corner. Now we're being tweeted by those of influence because they know we're here. Twice in three days last week, Two different presbytery events, the PW service at Malone on Monday night, and then um, we were um, receiving a call for Gary McDowell from Fisherwick to go to Greystones on Wednesday at the the presbytery. Um, In both those events, somebody said to me, Steve, can you answer me a question? Literally, they both started almost in the same words. Is it true that you gave the money for a school in Africa as you were raising the money for your halls? And I answered, yeah, because I thought that's what you do. But it seems that's not what you do. They were really inspired by that, really challenged by that, that we as a church would consider somewhere else in the world as well as our own needs here in Fitzroy. And that happened as I got my Ugandan injections to go out with the youth team this summer. Yellow fever sort of clear, I think. And as I was sitting getting those injections, I remember back to when I was in chaplaincy, and I always said, if I ever get into a church, we need to build relationship with somewhere else in the world that we might learn from, that we might go to, that we might come back from, that we might engage with. And in the summer, we start that wonderful process of partnership and engagement and then at committee we were discussing giving some funding to the food bank and 
Mornington was talked about, and the food bank was talked about, and how we've been involved in that for a period of time. And I remember being interviewed upstairs here, and I remember being asked what we would do for mission in the area, and my words were from Spiwo Kapili, being Jesus in the doorstep of the neighbourhood around about us. And this morning, Brenda comes up to talk about how Mornington and what Heather's doing there has had this offshoot of food bank that is making an impression in the local community. So many things that back in time we thought about that are actually happening. And if you don't stop to give thanks for them, it's really easy in my fault line to actually think for years about the one criticism you get and throw away in a minute the good stuff that's going on. So for this morning and our AGM service, can we as a congregation be aware? That's just some of the things that have happened this last seven days that have made me aware of where we're going in this process. But there's more to come. The Reality 316 event yesterday reminded me of faith and trial. Reminded me of Stephen's great series last year and how to read the Bible and how we followed that up and are continuing to following that up in May and June. It reminded me of David and Stephen's series last Lent. And it reminded me that when I came, I thought, maybe we could do courses like this. And there's John Kirkpatrick and Mark Gowdy doing those courses in Portrush. Talking to John yesterday about could we, trans, uh, could we transfer some of that to our new buildings come September. We need to think about some of that biblical worldview that we can teach, biblical teaching that we can share with others. Pastoral care needs developed and deepened. It really does. I feel sometimes we're skimming the surface of that. We're looking at this whole area as a presbytery from Donegal Pass, which we were uh, involved in because Donegal Pass joined us back in time, right through to the Royal, to that big golf ball or world or universe or whatever it is. What happens between that and how are we involved in that? Are we going to be missional in that? The mission committee from a subcommittee from session are going to come back and talk about an alpha type course that we might do around Fitzroy or maybe in the city. Things that we're still thinking about, planning to do and go ahead with. And of course, come September, we're going to have all the stuff that's going on around us. And there's a bit of a morale left already about that. The imaginations are beginning to run and what we could do and what we might do. We have lots of ideas that we talk about as we walk Odie around the dub of a morning. Many of us have ideas. And here's one of the things I want to say to us. Let us allow the imagination to go mad, but also let us just tentatively work them into play. We don't need to have the program for the next 10 years sorted before we open the doors in September. We need to bring ideas and throw ideas out and listen to each other's ideas and then see what is it that we can do in these halls, in these new halls and in this fellowship in order that we might be that disciplined, mismatched, mixed up, messed up group of people to mature us in our faith and the maturity of Christ within us and also how we might be for those who are not us. God is alive and well in Fitzroy. I believe that Christ is leading us on and I am privileged to try and keep up with where he is taking us. Let us give thanks as we've been doing this morning 
for what we're a part of and the privilege of being a part of it. And then let us commit. Let us commit to the mismatch, messed up group of people that we are. And let's commit to those who are not us. Let's commit to the Christ who is concerned about both those groups and us as individuals. And let's seek where he might take us next. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. We thank you for things you do among us that we don't even recognize sometimes until we stop and think. Or prayers that have been answered that we've moved on to the next prayer and we don't stop to realize they've been answered. Lord, we thank you for everybody gathered in this building this morning. We thank you for every journey of faith, for every experience of faith, for every gift and ability that you've given, for every personality and every character. We thank you for your grace to each one of us. We thank you for bringing us on this journey of following after you. And we pray that you would continue to lead us, yes, as individuals, but more importantly, as a congregation, and more importantly than that, as a congregation in this city and beyond that to the world. We pray that we would give thanks for where we've come from and what you've done in us, but that we would never, ever, ever be complacent, and we would always be seeking where you're leading us next. We thank you for the testimonies this morning the worship this morning, the prayers this morning. We thank you that we can leave here confident that the one who has brought us safe this far, the one who has brought us on risk this far, is the one that can take us from here to the next part of the Fitzroy journey. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.